Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder and executive director of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. Open your Bibles, if you would, to Jonah, chapter 1, the book of Jonah. Jonah is one of the books that most of us have, if not read, we've at least heard. We know the story, but we want to study it together over the next three days. So, Jonah, chapter 1, this is God's Word. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us and we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us. Who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then... They cried to the Lord, Oh, Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, O Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy 
an inspired word. You know, there are a lot of religious people like preachers and seminary professors and so forth who believe that this is just a myth. You know, I mean, obviously it teaches us good lessons, but it didn't really happen. Not like this. I mean, come on. We're educated, intelligent, sophisticated people. We know there's no way that a person could live for three days inside of a whale. It doesn't say it was a whale. What it says is that God prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. The people who have a problem intellectually with this sort of miracle are people who don't know God. Even if they are seminary professors or pastors or priests or what have you. Because there is nothing that is intellectually problematic about this story for a person who knows God. Let's think for a moment about who God is. He is the eternal creator of all things. He didn't just take matter and form stars and planets. God created matter. He invented it. It was his idea. The whole structure of physics is based on God's idea. He created everything out of nothing. And the design of his creation magnificently reflects his genius every day. He's not just almighty. He is all-knowing. He knows everything. He is omnipresent. He's present everywhere. He is the Lord God Almighty. Now, if you know that about him, then the idea that the God who created the universe and who specifically designed this planet to be the way it is and created all life, the idea that that God could provide a fish that was designed to accommodate Jonah for three days? That's not a stretch intellectually at all. If you told me you did it, I wouldn't believe you. But the Bible says God did this. That's not a stretch. Do you remember in the New Testament when Peter foolishly said, yes, um, uh, we, we pay taxes, our master uh, pays taxes, sure. Talking about a temple tax. Jesus said, um, actually, I'm exempt from that. But since you said we'd pay, here's what you need to do, Mr. Fisherman. Go to the water, fish. The first fish that you pull out, look inside of its mouth. It will have a two drachma coin, which is the right amount to pay your tax and mine. Peter goes to the water, pulls out a fish, and inside its mouth is a coin that is the right amount of money to pay for the tax for Jesus and Peter. Is that pretty cool? How did he do that? 
I mean, of all the fish, how did he know that would be the one Peter pulls out? And he even knew, he didn't just say some money, he named the coin. How did he do that? He did it because he's God. Okay? I mean, God can do that kind of stuff. God spoke the universe into being. So anybody who has an intellectual problem with God intervening in human affairs just doesn't know him. They just don't know him. This is not, if, again, if, if we're talking about the probability statistically of something like this happening, zip, okay? This is not, oh, oh yes, okay, I, I heard about a Portuguese fisherman who spent three days inside of a, no, you didn't. You may have heard such a story, but I don't find it credible. This is not a normal occurrence. Well, yes, once in Lake Lanier, there was a catfish that swallowed a Volkswagen. No, there wasn't. (laughs) Urban legend. Okay. Well, there have been some really big catfish. Yeah. Some that could even swallow a small man. Yeah. But three days later, (laughs) the guy wouldn't come out singing Dixie. Okay? So when we read this, the thing that makes it believable is that this is a story not about what Jonah did. This is a story about what God did. Jonah is one of the supporting characters in this story. God is the one who is at work all through the scriptures, pointing us to the great drama of redemption where God sent his son to save all who trust in him. That's what the whole story's about. And if you miss that, then you miss the point of the story. Folks, it's a great privilege for me to be able to come each evening and bring God's word on these stations. I am so thankful that I have the opportunity to do that. But if you listen regularly, you know that my life day-to-day is involved in trying to minister to kids who come from very difficult situations. I want to ask you to please help us. Contact us at wvr.org and find out how you can be part of the miracle. wvr.org. Please help us help these children. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is and he's holding out his hand. Lesson number one for chapter number one is that you cannot outrun God. You can't. You can try, and you can really get banged up in the process. Well, the idea of not being able to outrun Almighty God suggests something else, and that is that God pursues people, which he does. Go all the way back to the beginning of human history. When Adam and Eve sinned, God came to them in the garden and they ran and hid and tried to cover themselves with leaves. And God played along and said, Man, where are you? Adam, which means man, where are you? Why was God looking? The rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel wrote a a, a book. He did not, as far as I know, come to know Jesus as Messiah. 
but he had a lot of insight. And the title of his book was God in Pursuit of Man. The idea that God comes after us, he does. Over and over again, when we're wandering like sheep, all of us like sheep have gone astray. We've turned every one to his own way. And God comes after us. Jesus said, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them is lost, he'll leave the 99 in a protected place and go after that one and search until he finds it. If a woman has 10 coins and loses one of them, she'll sweep the whole house looking for it until she finds it. And Jesus said, that's the way God is about sinners. That's the way God is about people who wander off, who mess up, who do the wrong thing. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Thanks be to God. Now God says, if with all your heart you truly seek me, you will ever surely find me. And that is certainly true. Never fear that somebody out there is desperately wanting to know God and God is saying, nope, sorry, you're not eligible. Anybody who really wants to know the truth, Jesus says, will know it. You'll know whether or not it's true. The reason we're lost is because we run from the truth instead of toward it. We resist the truth instead of embracing it. Jesus said, this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and the men prefer the darkness to the light because their deeds are evil. Don't want to be found out. Don't want to know the truth. They don't want to study God's word. They don't want to know that Jesus is the only way. They don't want to know that. But let me tell you, it doesn't change the truth. So, you cannot outrun Almighty God. But Jonah tried. Look at the details of the story. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. Doesn't say he was seeking it. It says the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. That's the opposite direction. Okay? God says go this way, Jonah goes in the other direction. He ran away from the Lord. It says it twice. Now, why would he do that? Verse 3 again says he did this to flee from the Lord. He's trying to get away. Why would he do that? We will find out later in this book that his reasoning was, if I go and preach against the great city of Nineveh, they may repent. And if they repent, God is going to have mercy on them. And I don't want God to have mercy on them. I want them to be struck down with no warning because I hate the Ninevites. Oh, goodness, why would he hate the Ninevites? Because the Ninevites were horrible, wicked, cruel oppressors. They were a foreign nation that was grinding Israel into the dirt. Oh, please, God, destroy the Ninevites. They are so wicked. They are so bad. They do such horrible things. Please, God, do us all a favor and wipe them out. Have you ever felt that way about somebody? 
It comes from the heart. It's called hatred. And let me tell you something. It's not okay to hate people. It's understandable, but it's not okay. I mean, I can understand being greedy. I can understand being lazy. I can understand being arrogant. I can understand being cowardly. I can understand all kinds of things that are not okay. Just because we can relate to it doesn't mean it's okay. So, are there people that deserve to die? Yes. Everybody raise your hand. We all deserve to die. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. Every one of us deserves God's wrath. Well, but now you can't, you can't suggest that all evil is the same. No, we're not saying that. What we're saying is that all of us have violated God's law and deserve God's wrath. Jonah was a sinner. Was it not sinful for him to try and run away from God? God says, go there, do this. And Jonah runs in the opposite direction. Is that not sin? Does that not deserve death? God could have said, well, I'll just get somebody else. He could have. He'd have every right to do it, and he would have the power to do it, but he chose not to do it. Why? Because God wanted to use Jonah. You may have been chosen by God for some mission in life that you have not embraced. Guess what? If God chooses to use you in a particular way, he will chase you down. So don't think you're going to get away from him. You won't. And so the key is not trying to outrun God, but running to embrace his will. Okay, Lord, I want to do your will. Whatever you want for me, that's what I want to do. Because there's nothing as good as the will of God. Nothing. You cannot improve your situation through disobedience. You will never make things better by saying no to God. Never. Jonah ran away from the Lord, headed for Tarshish, went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the ferry, went aboard, sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. You cannot outrun God. The Lord sent a great wind. Does it say God convened a council of the angels to figure out what to do? No, it's not a problem. God controls the weather. Did you know that? Let me tell you something. God controls the weather. So God sent a great wind, and he whipped up the waves, and the boat is being tossed. And so these guys who make their living by transporting cargo are throwing the cargo overboard. Why? Because they're afraid they're going to lose their lives. Jonah, meanwhile, is in a deep sleep down under the deck. Don't have time to pursue that this morning. Sorry about that. But here's the thing. They wake him up. They say, call on your God. We know you're trying to run away from him. Call on your God and see if maybe he'll rescue us. Even our mess-ups are used by God for good. These guys didn't know about the one true God. Jonah the disobedient prophet got to tell them.
and they end up worshiping the one true God. They had their own lesser gods, demons, is what they come down to. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians. An idol is nothing, but there are demons behind the idol. These fellows, because of the witness of a wayward prophet, these fellows learned about the one true God, and they worshiped the one true God. That's why God's the main character. Jonah, as messed up as he was, was still used by God along the path as he was disobeying. How amazing is that? How great is God that he can take somebody like Jonah who's headed in the wrong direction and say, I'm still going to make you a blessing on the way. It just blows my mind. God can use Pharaoh. God can use Nebuchadnezzar. God can use Jonah. God can use the jawbone of a dead donkey. It doesn't depend on us. So, they were terrified. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. Jonah says, pick me up and throw me into the sea and it'll become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. When you disobey God, it does affect others. When you disobey God, other people suffer. Don't think, well, I can do this and it's my life and I'll do as I please. Your bad decisions will impact other people. And all of you in this room have been impacted by the bad decisions of others. So, when Jonah said, throw me in the water, instead the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. This storm is getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And so they cried to the Lord before they did what needed to be done. They said, Lord, please don't hold us guilty for killing this man. You're the one in charge. And at this They threw him overboard, and the sea grew calm. Can you imagine that? Imagine that. They throw him overboard, and the sea goes, Because why was the sea raging? Well, there was a northeaster that was bearing down. No, it was because God had caused this raging storm that frightened professional sailors to the point that they all thought they were going to die. And the minute they do what needed to be done, it's all good. And so they said, hey, this is pretty neat. No, they were terrified. Because do you know what's scarier than a great big storm? An infinite God. They were terrified. And they worshiped. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. You and I need to realize the God we serve is a raging fire. The God we serve is holy, holy, holy. And we better not think for a minute that we can be casual about serving Him. So, the men greatly feared the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice to Him and made vows to Him. What about Jonah? The Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. And he was inside the fish three days and three nights. Even that was designed by God. The timing was designed by God to be a picture of Jesus. And Jesus would refer to it later on. I want you to know something. 
God is infinite and he's wise and wonderful. Don't try to outrun him. Don't try to resist him. Yield your life to him. Say, Lord, I want to do your will. I don't know what you want for my life, but whatever it is, that's what I want. Just trust him. He's not going to mess you over. He loves you more than you love you. And if you trust him and obey him, you will discover that his ways are good, acceptable, and perfect. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org. 